Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. So, I had a quick question for you. If people were to remember you by only your words, what would those words be? Okay, I, I really appreciate that question. So, if others could only remember me by my words, they would be this. At the beginning of the day, during the middle of the day, and at the end of the day, love is still the answer. So the reason why I would want to be remembered by those words is because I have a fundamental belief that every person, including myself, is wanting of and deserving of love. And that's love without condition. We all want to be fully seen, fully heard, fully understood, and fully accepted. When we were born into this world, we were absolutely perfect. And because of the ebbs and flows of life, conditioning from our culture, through society, um, you know, through our expectations of how we're supposed to be in the world, we begin to actually unlearn who we really are. And as life takes us through, you know, the peaks and the valleys of life, there's something that we feel we're missing. Uh, so we want to return to that. And that's where the search begins to return to love, which is the essence of who we are. So that is the reason why I absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that Love is still the answer to every question that life may bring us. It's love. It's love. It's love. There has never been a moment quite like now. People often say and feel the world is changing, but sometimes I'm not too sure. Is the world changing? Or are we simply for the first time becoming more aware of ourselves and the world around us. These questions led me to create Social Fabric, a podcast aimed at having conversations with thought leaders and explore the ideas that are shaping our world. You know, T.S. Eliot once said, we shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all of our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. My goal is that this podcast has that effect on you. I'm your host, Ramnik, and thank you for being here. Hey guys, this is your host, Ramnik. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am very excited about the Social Fabric Podcast. Today, my first guest of the show was Joe Atalig. As you may have heard in the intro, Joe and I sat down to talk about a whole host of ideas around authenticity, the power of love, and the role it can play in our society and his work in broadcasting that message. Formally, with a background in corporate banking, Joe is the founder of Love Wave Live, a platform dedicated to inspiring and empowering people and showcasing what it could mean for you to choose love. The show notes will have all of his links and I really encourage you to find him. 
He's doing incredible work. And as a quick reminder, your subscribing and sharing this show is the greatest compliment I can receive, guys. I really, truly appreciate the support. If you find Joe and our conversation compelling and have a question you want to ask me or Joe, I will leave a link in the show notes for you to have the opportunity to drop us an audio comment that could be featured in a future episode. You can either follow the link or you can email me a audio comment to socialfabricpodcast at gmail.com. All of that information is going to be down below. And now, without further delay, Joe Italic. And I can, all right, this sounds good to me. Cool. And here we are. <laughs> so here's the first, first of many, hopefully. I'm sure of it. Yeah. So I'm um, in. I'm uh, sitting across from Joe Italig. I'm going to give him a second to talk about where he is now. And Joe, if you could give the audience a little bit of, um, take your time, you know, 10, 20 minutes, whatever it takes to tell your story, like what, what brought you to where you are right now in this moment and um, where you see yourself in the modern context right now. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, first I want to say, Monty, I appreciate your invitation to have this conversation. Sure. And um, yeah, honored to be here, so thank you. Uh, so I would, you know, it was easy for me in corporate America to say that this is what I do and this is what I yeah. am. Yeah. And as I've kind of searched and began to pursue what I call my soul's calling, right. my soul's work, right? right? I would say that today I see myself as a love ambassador, a, br- um, a bridge builder of sorts. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and some of the things I do is I'm a personal growth coach. So all those things tied in together. I'm the founder of the Love Wave, and specifically Love Wave Live, which are personal growth um, events right. um, that are um, ongoing. Right. And so coming from corporate America, over 30 plus years, you know, stepping out of that season, that was a long season yeah. <laughs> of my life, and you know, through a lot of life events um, that were pretty tough, man. Yeah. Really, really tough. It brought me to a place of truly waking up, Yeah, you know, to a lot of the things that I never really addressed, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and kind of just numbed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when tragic things happen in our life, or Mm -hmm. at least in my life, you know, they're wake up calls. Mm -hmm. And so I heeded the call. Yeah. And so it took me to this place where I am today, where... Love Wave basically it exists to teach, mm-hmm. to impart, and to demonstrate the undeniable possibilities when we look at life through the lens of love. Right. Yeah. Right. And that and that's kind of how it's interesting. That's kind of how I came across your stuff um, through a common connection that we have. Um, I met you. For the first time formally, like I met you at your first event, which yeah. was fantastic. And I mean, just looking back at it, I understand. I can. I know what it takes to just start from zero and have some type of general vision of what you're trying to do, yeah. and then just to see it manifest into this thing where everyone there's so many people involved yeah. and appreciative of that. So you know, it was just. First and foremost, I was humbled just to be part of that experience. Yeah, you know, but um, I th- I think it's a fantastic platform 
where I think you're going to start the conversations people want to have. Yeah. You know, I'm excited. Man. Yeah. 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 So it's great to have you there. I think so. One obvious question I have, and I'm sure a lot of people would have is what brought your focus to love yeah. as a concept? Like right. what, what gravitated you towards that as the focal point for your work? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. So, you know, after, like I mentioned, some life-threatening illnesses and, right. and things that happen, you know, I came to that point where I, I hear a lot today, of course, is like, who am I? What's my purpose? Yeah. What does this all mean, et cetera? So I was in that search, and I've done personal growth work for years. Right. And I was really good at talking the talk mm-hmm. versus necessarily walking the walk. Right. And so I, I was brought to the, a fork in the road, man, and it was mm. either is what's happening in my life going to constrain me or is it going to propel me and I get to choose. Right. So I, I took the ladder and said, yeah, I'm going to propel. And so I was on this search and I, um, I did some personal growth work, um, back in the day, I mean like 10, 11 years ago. Right. And the undergirded in a teaching was that it's important to have a contract with yourself. So I opted to write a new contract for me in present day. And it was that I am an honest, accepting, and courageous man um, committed to express my true self now. Mm. And so it sounds beautiful, right? And, it's like, yeah. and then I start to say, what is my true self? Right. You know? And so that just began to, on, a, on an expedition of sorts, mm. to really understand what that even means. Mm. Right? We, we hear about authenticity, being yourself, honoring yourself, and all that great stuff. But what was my true self? And the epiphany came actually in a conversation with my youngest daughter. Interesting. So, yeah, so I picked her up. She in high school and um, went and grabbed a sandwich. And I don't even recall the specific conversation, but oh. I remember my response. We, you know, we were in the car, you know, got a sandwich on the way back home. And um, my youngest, her name's Bella. How many years back was this? This was last year. Last year. Okay. Yeah, so, just okay. Year. So, so people yeah. get an idea of yeah. how fresh this is. Oh, know? yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was uh, 2018. And she um, uh, she said something, and I said, well, I don't know about you, Bella, but all I know is that I would just want to be my true self. Mm. And she said, Dad, what's your true self? You know, and you know, you have kids. So oh, <laughs> They're, they cut through the <laughs> right. bullshit like nothing yeah, else, you know? Absolutely. Like they know, um, they're just a brute honesty mm-hmm. when we're younger, you know? Yeah. And the way it articulates in kids is just like, it reminds you like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. So, go, go so, so she asked you the, yeah. And drop that question on you while driving. Right. Right. So, you know, I'm coming to a stop sign to, you know, come out of the mall. Right. And I looked at her and I, I had to think for a moment. I, how do I articulate this? So I just said, well, you know, Bella, when, when, dad was born right i was kind of given all of these identifiers right so right. i'm a pacific islander right i'm you know i was told you're you're catholic right okay <laughs> and all these you know yeah this yeah. is kind of yeah. it right yeah and i lived my life almost defending it all yeah and then growing and i started to question it as i was older was like i didn't even get to choose any of these things right 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 and so if i strip all those things away what do i find and what I've discovered is that I have been made in the image and likeness of God. 
And what I know is that God is love. Therefore, I am love. And then it was that moment, man, that it just hit I you. said, my true self is love. And I, tears were falling. And she goes, Dad, she said, people are honking. <laughs> we gotta I'm like, go. oh, yeah, I got to leave. <laughs> oh, so, and then we're driving. She goes, that's really cool. You know? And I thought about it. And I'm like... When I don't look out of that lens mm. myself, mm. just for myself, because that is the essence of who I am, mm-hmm. um, I could be setting myself up to suffer. So my intention was to be the, the biggest expression of that. Mm. And how is it expressed is in the work that I do and how I serve the world, in my relationships, um, with clients. And, you know, and this is an I know there's, uh, as I started down that, that road, you know, a lot of people were questioning or thinking about love, like the relational love, the right. romantic yeah, love. Yeah, just right? like the love you think in, yeah. in just a modern context. Right. Yeah, and I yeah. thought, no, the love I'm talking about is the, the pa- love with power, mm. right? The mm. one that is not necessarily sentimental and, you know, anemic. Right. But, but the one that has grit and teeth and sees through, right. right? Just surface level situations, circumstances beyond all that and will stand no matter what to see through all that. That's the type of love. And, wow. okay. you know, and it's the love that really is needed today. Yeah. You know, I mean, we could talk all day about, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, just yeah. by you saying that, uh-huh. what comes, what comes to my mind is you're almost talking you could take the word love out and you could put in truth mm. in yeah. so many ways because you know like the way you're describing this concept of love yeah like the grit it's not always just the lovey-dovey right. it's the yes. hard stuff it's everything yeah. so it's like un- trying to understand the full range of what you're doing yeah. right and what you're feeling or experiencing right so that's a fascinating and, and what struck me, you know, what, and this is, it's cool because, and this is why I wanted you on here, because I feel like the, I'm really a believer of this analogy, and I think it's very prominent in my culture, like um, my family background being from India, mm-hmm. Hinduism and everything else. Yeah. Um, but there's this analogy within that sphere of thought that, you know, all rivers lead to the same ocean, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like in many ways we we're all seeking this thing that we're feeling kind of, and then not kind of, and then going back into it and you're approaching it from your angle. And I, and I feel like I've experienced that in my own way as well. Right. Yeah. And the thing that stuck out to me that I feel like is a very common denominator for both of us is what you keep saying. You choose to look through the lens of love. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. man. And to me, that's a huge, um, identifier of what where our power lies. Uh, you absolutely. know what I mean? Absolutely. The choice of totally doing X or Y. Yeah. You know, and that's fascinating to me that you know you always have to bring yourself. I mean, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Are you? Do you find yourself bringing yourself back to looking in this perspective in situations? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and it's not about perfection in my mind. Right. But it's just opening myself up to like have a heart to be perfected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm learning more and more that when something is not loved, it's a call for love. Mm. Right. And so I don't necessarily have to agree with someone's lifestyle to right. love them. 
Right. Right. And I think that's really foreign today. Mm. So if yeah. you don't agree with anything that I say, then there's no chance. Here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And we see that, of course, you know, expanded in so many different facets. Mm. Um, but I told my girls, my daughters, I said, you know, love is not a feeling. It's a choice. Yeah. You know. Wow. And so it's it's the type of just like you, I love that analogy in terms of all rivers lead to the same ocean. Ocean. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Because you can call it true, you can call it love, you can call it God, you can call it universe, you can call it whatever it may be. It's taking right? you to the same. There's truth in all of it. Yep. Right. Yep. And the essence of what all those represent, mm-hmm. right, is people being seen, heard, understood, approved of, you know, accepted. Right. And I think that's what we all want. So right? one question I have for you, and I'd like to get your take on this, is you're seeing this movement towards mindfulness uh, more what I would refer to as like inner engineering, you know, mm-hmm. like this working within your own mind. Yeah. We always we always feel like this is the first time this is happening. But do you really like I mean, from your experience, does it feel like we're on a tipping point in terms of where we are as a society, humanity in general? Like, do you feel like we've been here before or we could have probably been here before? You know, we've like how 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 is it that this is the moment where it seems like more people are starting to turn their focus to this type of work. Yeah, I, I don't think that this is the first time this has happened. This is a, just a, a repeat or potentially an ongoing, right. you know, mm. um, not even a phenomenon, man. It's just the, this is kind of the flight, plight of humanity. Yeah. And I think what's happening is that when we turn on the TV or you look at the news or go online, Right, we are inundated with mm. all of the effects, <laughs> yeah, of you know, of I call it unconsciousness, not yeah. being really woken up to the fact of what, what is really true, right? And so, people are operating out of the same thing that I was, which I was telling Bella, right? Whether there be you know, culture, programs you know, situations in my life that helped me to see through a different lens. Mm -hmm. So all those things are coming to light. And I think there's a collective consciousness that is actually being raised. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to hear that in the news. We're not going to hear that, you know, and unless you're in a community of sorts, but I think that there's a definitely shift coming. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, um, unfortunately there's going to be some reckoning with what's happening right now. And, and, in probably a tragic way, because mm-hmm. really that's what wakes people up many times is tragedy. Right. So we're seeing it, you know, all the shootings and all the things that are happening out there. Right. It right. Could be pockets of it, but there's conversations that are being coming to the surface. Right. So I, yeah, I'm not sure if that answers your question. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. No. So, you know, coming from a corporate background like mm-hmm. yourself, right? Talk to me a little bit about the dynamics of this shift that you had and now you know a lot of people superficially will look at this as like okay he's just going into his you know different mantras and the emotions of things and this and that and this may not this isn't the this is not how the world works in in large like you have to be more practical you have to be more this isn't the real world right like a lot of people say like have you what has been your experience Mm -hmm. with your circle as you've kind of shifted your work 
you know, from mm-hmm. a corporate job, this, that, to this type of work? Like, have you, have you seen pushback? Have you seen people get uncomfortable? Like, yeah. what have you seen? Yeah, I have. I, 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 I do know that as I have, once again, honored my contract, yeah. expressing my true self. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think, you know, people ha- are experiencing me in a different way. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, this is how I was in corporate America. I mean, I believe one of my, not claim to fame, but what I was known for was actually going against the grain many times. Mm. Um, How I led, you know, how I built teams um, was pretty unorthodox. And so I just find that, you know, now as I'm stepping into my own thing, that um, I'm being more open and bold and authentic in terms of my thoughts. So it is met with a little resistance. Mm. Um, which I welcome because I think it's a phenomenal opportunity for conversation. I'm not going to try to talk somebody into what I believe or yeah. how I'm feeling. Right. But that's the health, healthy part of relationship. Right. Is, you know, allowing you a platform to share your heart, what's happening, you know. For those who are saying it's not realistic, quote unquote. Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, that, I'm sure you hear that a lot in, in this yeah. type of, when you start talking in, in these semi-abstract terms yeah people don't connect the abstract with right. the practical even though it's right there yeah right so yeah. um so like what what do people say and how do you how do how have you come to react to that like how do you respond to that right. personally yeah so i've had a couple of friends actually who you know they appreciate the journey I've taken uh-huh. and, you know, have interesting conversations around like religion and faith yeah. and all those things that Usually come into very play. Very taboo most yes. of the time. Right. right. Yeah. And I just enter the conversation, you know, with the notion that this is, this is meant to be, it's not about your side, my side. Mm-hmm. There's a notion of really understanding each other. Um, it's been uncomfortable many times, okay. But I'm learning more and more. It's in that com- uncomfortability, right, is where uh, quote unquote breakthrough happens. Yeah, in the yeah. relationship, and then and detaching from what I think supposed to happen. Yeah, like I'm supposed to enlighten a person or something. Right, you know? your own expectations. <laughs> right, right. And so to me, it's like you know, it's our it's our belief systems. Mm-hmm. That's what dictates what our quote unquote reality is. Correct. So yeah. if we're believing this is what life should look like, of course you're gonna say this dude is like from La La Land, right? Total woo woo, yeah. And like you right. know, yeah, dude, come down from the clouds, yeah, yeah. And it's like when it's all said and done, the things that I know, and I'll speak specifically to maybe two friends I know, sure. Of, um, you know, we had these conversations about well, how, you know, what would you say your identity is, right? And it's really based on their accomplishments. It's mm. a, it's based upon the car that they drive, right? It's based upon you know, titles and everything. And nothing's wrong with those things. Right, right. But in our conversation, it was more of, this is what success is. And I said, you know, that's awesome. Right. And congratulations. Right. And then behind the scenes, it's like, I hate my life. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, so let's talk about reality then. Yeah. You know, when you strip all that away, what do you have? So people, a lot of people don't like to have those type of conversations. Right, right. Because it's easier to fit in. Yeah. You know, with what, the reality yeah. is supposed to look like. Right. So and, I, I and, just get curious, man. And, and a yeah. lot of these ideas, people can put on the back burner. Yes. Because life is such, at least for us, you know, in, in the society we live in here in 
in the United States where things are great in general, right? Where they don't have to address it. Yeah. You know. Yes. Like it, it just like right doesn't have to be addressed. So yes. I don't want to deal with that pack that baggage right. right now. Yes. Like like and then just distracting yourself with X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and I feel like people kind of hold off on the elephant in the room. Right. uh, Whatever that means to them in their life. And I was, man, that was my life when I was in Orange County, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I made it to the OC. I'm from San Diego, by the way. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I lived in Orange County about almost three years before I moved here. But it was, you know, I found myself like, you know, (laughs) so when I moved up there, I had an explorer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And all my colleagues, right, drove up in their Infinity and their Beamer and their stuff, and I was like, "Oh shit, I have to, I have to upgrade." <laughs> yeah, you gotta. And I'm like, I'm over here trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yep. Yep. And I don't even, I don't even know the Joneses. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I even like the Joneses. <laughs> right. Who are the Joneses? And it's like, you know, I'm trying to live my life through peering in the windows of somebody else. Yeah. And so. The wake-up call for me was around, what am I basing this all on? So the notion of reality is, I, I get really curious about it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and coming up a conversation with people. Um, yeah. What's your relationship with judgment? And, um, in what respect? In terms of, does, does the idea of being judged or judging something else, like, do you deter from that? Like, do you step away from that? Yeah, I notice it. Uh huh. Um, to be real, it's fun to judge. Yeah, it right. Takes the focus off of me. Yeah, <laughs> right? right. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. I feel good judging, but I, I also know that when I do that, it's such a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah, it's more telling of you, right? Totally. Yeah. I'm like, I'm totally talking about myself. Yeah. And but when I have decided why someone is doing something yeah or i've decided oh this person is doing you know they're this and i have no idea their story their circumstance what got them there right right it that's a wake-up call for me and it, and it is through you know this the spiritual practices the disciplines of just connecting with myself that have brought me those places where i notice the judgment yeah of others i'm like yeah. oh man yeah. And my daughters pick up on it too. Right. And then in terms of those that judge me, I can't, I, that used to drive my life, man. It yeah. was my ego. It's like, what do people think of me? What yeah. are they going to say? Yeah. And even leaving corporate to step out, um, you know, I was displaced from my job. Mm-hmm. And um, when I came, you know, during that time, I had several folks reaching out and say, this job is perfect for you. Right. Come, and, you know, so financially it made sense. Right. But... I was just operating at a different space and it was like, I, I want to feel it in my body and I wasn't excited. It didn't excite me. It didn't me. get you there. It, yeah. No, it, yeah. It's like, I want to feel challenged and I want to feel expanded. Right. And, and grow. I, I'm, I'm tired of living status quo. Right. You know, so, you know, you're, um, you're talking about your, like a, your meditative practice there. You yeah. kind of alluded to that. So mm-hmm. has that taken a larger role in your life now? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tell, it, t- it, expand on that a little bit. Like what is that yeah. what what has your practice done for you and what what exactly are you doing these days that are that's helping you kind of align your mindset? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so meditation is really I used to um, schedule it okay. in my life. Okay. Now I schedule my life around it. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just a, 
a different shift in that respect. Okay. Um, so if, if you want mine, I want to share this analogy that helped me. Yeah, sure. And because was... there's so many variations on people's oh, yeah. perspective of it. So I'm very sure. curious on what, how, how it's, what kind of role it plays in your life and what sure. you do around it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, if we can define con- contextually like the universe, yeah. right. As right. like, um, a, a home. Right. That is wired for electricity. Right. And you and I, Monty, are lamps. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And what we know is that the power of the lamp, right, isn't just from the light bulb. It's through its source, which is the electricity. Right. Right. And so when it's plugged in to that, then it's able to illuminate light. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to use. And so the lamps come in all different shapes, sizes, colors, etc. Right. And... It is not just the on switch. It has to be plugged in in order to do that. And that's what meditation is for me, right? It is an opportunity to actually listen to silence, mm. which is starting off, it was like, I can't do this. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, but it starts to, I, I learned, learned meditation through Dr. Shafali Sabari, who is... Um, She's a renowned yeah. child psychologist. I heard of that. And, yeah, like yeah. didn't she come out with um, the Awakened Family um, Conscious Parenting? Conscious Parenting. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, amazing work. And mm-hmm. I took a year-long course with her, and we would meditate every week on you know on, on our calls, and it was basically focusing on breath. Okay. And in a conversation, she she said, you know, your breath is the only thing that you have with you when you, you're born, mm-hmm. and before you depart right your breath is the only thing that stays with you and it also indicates present moment so you know it actually helped to train my consciousness is mm-hmm. my perspective yeah. at least yeah it's like as i'm meditating and fo- just focusing on the breath what happens is that thoughts come in yep and so and and really teaching myself that that i, I get curious where that thought come from yeah. right yeah. It's like, that's a random thought right yep. i didn't produce that mm-hmm. you know so I started to get the epiphany of like, oh my gosh, I'm not my thoughts. I totally get that now. Yeah. And so I saw it kind of as like, a, I'm at a train station, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here comes a thought. <laughs> exactly. And there it is. And this, there it goes, right? And so in the midst of life, how do I take that? It's, it's when I might get triggered or something, somebody says something and just doesn't hit me well, right? Yeah. The awareness comes in yep. saying, the thought I'm having right now, yeah. right, isn't necessarily me. Yeah. Right. And right. so it just gives me it's kind of like a, a gentle touch for me saying, OK, that's meant to leave or it's meant to keep you stuck. Mm. You decide what you want to do. with. It. You know, I think what you're saying totally makes sense, because I think this is where you start seeing yourself. What yourself means. Mm. Right. So like for me, my experience with mindfulness has always been, you know, when we say ourselves, like mm. me, this is me. Right. Like, what does that mean? Right. Oh. So like we have our arms, you know, you don't say this is me. My arms are me. Like they help me get around. Right. But me is like somewhere up here in the face. Right. Right. And then it's not really our face. It's behind our face. Mm. And then it's not our brain necessarily because we, we know our brain's there. We just don't feel it. And it's helping us do things. But right. we feel like it's something else. Yeah. Right. Something yeah. else amongst all that right right so that is you yes right yeah so 
my experience with it has been very a mirror of what you're talking about where you know emotions you know anger um frustration uh you know someone shoves you and you're like what the hell you know you're in the subway or something when you actually observe these emotions come up they really have a very short half-life mm-hmm. if you look if you pay attention to them yeah. you know they don't last very long right um what lasts long is if you consciously you know you attach to that right and just keep replaying that Absolutely. over and over because if you just let it happen you can't stay angry that long right it just kind of passes and that's been my experience that like these emotions these thoughts that are just constantly happening right it, it's like your analogy of the su- train like mm-hmm. to me it's always been the analogy of the river mm. you know it's been your thoughts are just the river mm-hmm. going by right. and you choose when to dive into it right and when you can get out yeah. right and that got getting in and getting out is you right that's the self right right absolutely so, so yeah cool very cool and yeah. so also it's like the instance that you just spoke about where somebody you know brushes up against you yeah it, it could trigger like you know if you either get react to it yep, right react yeah that's where you know it's coming from a place of you know ego or something that you are it's a subconscious reaction yeah you're right. not responding to no, it. You're right. reacting to it. And so, right. you know, to me, mindfulness allows you to, like, react. But, yeah. like, okay, wait, what happened? Rather than attach a meaning to, like, this person was rude to me and yeah. da 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 watch yeah. where you're going. Da, yeah. da. All that happened is this person bumped into you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And so am I going to feed that right. Right, power or am I going to, like, you know, Give it a ribeye steak and say, "Here, chomp yeah, on it." Exactly, it, right? Or right. am I going to say, "Just sit and oh, watch yeah, it"? Excuse me, right? Yeah, and just let it, yeah, let it do its thing and leave, right? Right. So yeah, so I, I was talking to a good friend of mine um, in California the other day, and I said, "Yeah, you know, we hear the term being woke, right? Right. It's not like this. It's just to you know, be honest, it's it's." everything has good intentions and it yeah. kind of gets into this like right. thing that annoys me sometimes but yeah, you no, know <laughs> well and just borrowing that term being yeah, woke, it sucks to be woke many times yeah because yeah. it's it's there is and then at the same time it's very uh, liberating right so it's that you know because you're 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 you know right when you're aware because mm-hmm. the whole self-awareness thing man is just to me that is the portal to yeah. like, absolute liberty in your life yeah and so, you know, you start, it's kind of, you took the red pill. Yep. Is it the red or the blue pill? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. One, that one. Yeah, yeah, that one. Where you're like, <laughs> the veil is like, you yeah. know, take it and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, and you really start to just deconstruct yeah. your own reactions, emotions, feelings, thoughts, and all those types of things. This, right? like what you're talking about right here, mm-hmm. has your experiences thus far made you kind of look back at your past and reinterpret things that have happened to you? <laughs> oh, man. I know that's a heavy one, but yeah. that's the fascinating thing for me because memory is like a, an interesting thing where, you know, we, we store memories with a certain context. Yeah. And it, until we consciously and aware like we're aware of it and we go back mm-hmm. and try to reinterpret right. it. Yeah. It's, 
we still react in that past way, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you just saying that, man, just hit me. I'm like, I'm, 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 if I get emotional, no, no, I, I, I will, but it, it just, because I, I already was flooded with the memories of yeah. those things you yeah. know, that happen. And right. yes, I have reframed it, not even just a reframe, I really looked at it for what it is mm-hmm. and how it's brought me to where I am today. So mm-hmm. I can look at it as, as regret or I can, actually celebrate it. It's going to sound strange, yeah. but I made a decision to thank those situations and those people. Right. I mean, you know, you think about that. It's like yeah. crazy. You, you're going to thank somebody for hurting you. Yeah. And it's like, they didn't hurt me. They really didn't hurt me. Right. They were acting out of their own programs, their own stuff, you know? Yeah. And so this was really, we've heard the adage, right? Life happens for you, yeah. not to you. Yeah, yeah. And so it sounds beautiful, but I, I, I get it now. Yeah. You know, where those things now were just steps that were ordered in my life right. to bring me to this point of like, I can truly step into what I'm standing for. And it's absolute love without condition. Because I don't know, I haven't found anybody who loves unconditionally. Yeah. We say we love our kids unconditionally, man. And it's yeah. like, you know, but they do something out of our own yeah. kind of what they should be doing. Yeah. Let's see how far that love goes. But right? see, <laughs> see, and that that's mm. the thing. You're unconditional. Right. That idea, you know, yeah. is there's this there's this culture around raising kids. And I kind of mm. want your take on this. And, you know, me being a father, too. The more I think about it, the more it's weird for me to say, and I don't hear people ever say this, is that your kids don't belong to you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And for some reason, that's a strange thing to hear in our society. Um, Because, you know, a kid isn't like something you're growing. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's (laughs) a life, you know, it's a life. It's its own thing. Right. So to be a parent has to mean something more along the lines of, cultivating things that will help the person be okay on its own mm-hmm. right more, more than more than you being around a hundred percent right a hundred percent and i feel like for a parent for a lot of people and a lot of the stuff that's we, we're sold mm-hmm. on a commercialized basis about parenting yeah. is on the premise of you are the person that needs to tell your kids X, Y, and Z, and you're mm-hmm. the one who has to do this, that, right. and the other thing, right. and they have to be a reflection of you. Right. You know, they're your legacy. Right. And as evolutionarily appealing that sounds, like, oh, th- my kid's my legacy, I'm living <laughs> through my kids, it's not, yeah. it isn't. That's just, that's just you not dealing with your, um, your own ideas around mortality, I feel right. like. Yeah. You know, you, you just can't handle the fact that you have a finite amount of time on this planet. Right. And because of that, you're attaching all these things to something else. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm, know. I don't know if you're, you're there. I'm Are with, you with yeah, me there? Thousand percent. Yeah. It's, it's, Has yeah. your parenting changed through oh, this course? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. revolutionized. I mean, I always had a good relationship with my, my, I have two daughters, Okay. Yeah. but it has taken it to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it has been uncomfortable for me mm. because 
you know, I, I looked at parenting as control. Really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we want to control these, right. you know, little humans. Right, yeah. Right. And um, the perception that we have all the answers, we really don't. Right. And, you know, so I thought, well, how, where did I learn parenting from? And yeah. I, you know, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. You know, <laughs> no. that, that, that let's go down that rabbit hole, you know, for a second, because it comes from culture. It comes from yeah. where you came from. Right. It comes from your origins, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is true. A lot of it is helpful. And a lot of it conflicts with what your own experiences are. And that happens to everyone. Yeah. So. Absolutely. So, you know, it depends on when you kind of take that on. Right. In your own context. Yeah. Um, have you felt like you've taken that on more now, like on, on the later in life or earlier in life, you tried to challenge the kind of, I mean, you uh, referred to it as programming, but like right. just the. Yeah. When I actually started my. Um, like, tell me a little bit about your culture. Like, what's the expectations yeah, around it? Because so everyone's a little different. Pacific Islanders yeah. are, you know, of course, laid back, hang loose. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all, we'll get there. Yep. Barbecue on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. It's all about Ohana family. Right. Yeah. You know. And I love that. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, the lax, you know, um, very, very lax. And nothing is wrong with that. Right. Um, but not great communicators. Mm. And so typically, you know, the way of communicating is through um, being quiet. Mm. Don't say something because you're being disrespectful. Okay. Don't So you don't have a voice necessarily. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then also, it's just passed down from generation to generation. This is what you do. Right. And so, you know, all that programming. Yeah, coming yeah. In. And so I just reconciled that my parents did the best that they could. Yeah. I mean, really right. just did the best. And actually, I had I still have great relationships with my, my parents. Right. Um, for me, Monty, it was me realizing that my kids were basically set out to live my unfulfilled dreams <laughs> and that came to light with my oldest mm -hmm. Celine and you know she when she was 11 yeah maybe 11 I said okay you're gonna start getting a volleyball because I love volleyball yeah, right, <laughs> right? Yeah. never a strong athlete but you know yeah. I get out there and you know that's an islander sport yeah, right? yeah and it's like you're gonna be good yeah. and so yeah. you know put her in like a non-competitive league just to learn yeah and she's getting pretty good that's awesome and I was excited you know at every game cheering her right. on and I actually became a coach of a young team that's how much I loved it right and then I said okay it's time to get into a club you know so she um we went, and I guess she was 12, yeah, when, when she started in club, and she was scared to get in club. I was like, no, and I'm, like, pumping her up. You go, you go. And, you know, so she made a team, um, and she started to like it, and she started to progress in terms of the level of her team. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years, um, you know, now she, she made her JV team in high school, and now she made a travel team, you know, which is in, in club. That's, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's pretty, a pretty good yeah, achievement. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was during um, practice, you know, I'm at the gym, and she comes to the court, and she says, you know what, Dad, I don't think I want to do volleyball anymore. I'm like, what <laughs> are you talking about? She right. goes, yeah, she goes, I just don't know if I want to do this. Right. And I'm thinking, and then, I'm, so my reaction was like, are you kidding me right now? Do you right. know how much I pay? And yeah. the list everything. just came out of everything that I have done for this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then because I've been teaching them, you have a voice, right? When you speak, speak with respect, but I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. 
So sure enough, guess what they do? They listen. And That's here's good. what she said. She goes, Dad, am I doing this for you? Or am I doing this for me? Right. Right there on the court. And I was like, and I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't be you know? right in, yeah, exactly. in public so, again. Yeah. <laughs> and I sat in that anger. Yeah. And I, then I thought, man, she's just yeah. being a mirror, right? Yeah. So I thanked her. Right. I said, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't be, I couldn't even see myself on a men's travel team but but you know what right. like that the fact that she was perceptive oh, of man. this dynamic my girl just tells crazy, you the amazing. emotional yeah. intelligence that yeah because of everything you're doing right that at least you instilled that in her to be able yeah. to detect this and say it back to you and so here's what's transpired since then now right. you know she's 18 right my youngest is 15 right we went to san diego um about a month ago yeah and i, I forgot what we were, we were we were by the beach. We were having lunch, and we were just like reminiscing, kind of, you know. And she, and Celine said, "Yeah, Dad, we really didn't know you growing up." And it just crushed wow. my heart. I was like, "What are you talking?" I thought they were kidding. They go, yeah. "What are you talking about?" They go, "You bought us stuff, but you know, we really didn't know you. You were so busy doing your numbers at five o'clock in the morning." And I just started like seeing a play through, like a right? Yeah. I remember going to my office at home, right? Where were my numbers? Did I meet gold? Did I, you know, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. and yeah. you know, you, you, you know, you, we powerful. went to Disneyland, we traveled, we did all that type of thing. And I thought I had the best relationship with them, but for them whew, to be honest to the parent like that, you know what I mean? It's like, it was like, wow. And so anyhow, but honestly, like, that, that's a, gift. that's what I want. That's yeah, a gift. absolutely. Like, and what I learned, man, is that those kids, right, I was raised by them and the respect that they showed me those unhealed places, you know, that I wanted them to, like, live out for me, right? right? And so that's been cool and challenging at the same time because they have, they have strong beliefs. Yeah. Which I appreciate, but, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's really cool. That's the type of relationship, man, I, I believe that when you start working on yourself because mm. really the whole conscious parenting type you know outlook is that you need to reparent yourself mm -hmm. you know yeah and through that your kids will begin to see what authenticity is what taking yourself on is owning your own stuff etc versus telling them mm -hmm. you know yeah we guide we give them direction right what have you but ultimately our goal is to open the pathways to say, discover it all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I just wrote a quick thing yesterday about this and it's funny you mentioned it. We're, we're at this point, like the more I think about it, like to be honest, Joe, part of this whole self care movement mm -hmm. makes me roll my eyes <laughs> a little bit because oh, that's funny. I, yeah. to be honest, I feel like it's a trap. Mm -hmm. Um, in, in some ways and I'm kind of working on this idea a little more because I've never been able to really focus myself in this or put myself on the spectrum of self-care mm -hmm. as we kind of refer to it now because to me it feels like it just sounds like a it, it sounds like something you were doing didn't work the way you wanted mm. and now you're claiming that that wasn't really me mm. so now I want to do what I want to do and I feel like when you go down that road, it really kind of is telling of your idea of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And to me, authenticity means expressing what you truly feel at that moment. Yeah. 
not you. It has nothing right. to do with you. And yeah. that's what I titled it. Authenticity has nothing to do with you. I like that. It has to do with expressing what you think and feel at that moment. At that moment. And I feel like right. what people do is they play a role. Yes. Right? Like you're playing a role that this is what I should be saying. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, walk, talk the talk, walk the walk. Right. right? And I feel like, man, I'm just tired of, I don't want to end up realize, going back and realizing I had five opportunities in life to really do something. And all of those times I played a role and failed. Yeah. Like, where did that get me? Like, I'd rather it been a, a genuine expression of where I feel like I'm at than yeah. get pushed back and fail. Right. Then at least I know that whatever foundation I'm building, I need yeah. to work on that. Right. But if I played a role, that's not my life. Yeah. Yeah. What do I do after that? Yeah. Because I didn't even test what I feel in the real world, right? Mm-mm. And I feel like that's just a... I think this is all part of this inner engineering that we're doing. Yeah, I like that term. I wrote it down here. Yeah. Inner engineering. You know, I, I kind of picked up that term from a, he's kind of a mystic, uh, like a guru type. His name is Sadhguru. Yeah. He's, um, uh-huh. he came out with a book coining this kind of term, but it makes sense. Like it's a easy way to kind of refer to working on yourself, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. but I think, I think that's where we're going. Absolutely. You know, yeah, no, this is no doubt about it um, in my mind. I think people today many times can't articulate what they need. Yeah. They're, and once again, they're, they're trying to find those answers outside of themselves. Yeah. And the cool thing is that when you do wake up, you mm-hmm. know, to really understand the truth about who we are, like you were talking about, you know, there's the form and the formless. Right. You know? Yeah. You can actually play with it, right? Yeah. So there's nothing wrong. It's like I want. Don't you drive a Tesla? Yeah. Okay, that's my. That is my next car. It is. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, You're gonna help go me for it. get it. Okay. Yeah, I'll help you get no, it. I yeah. want you to come with me. And you know, you know what's interesting is, it's, this is this is just my weird way of kind of testing my own values. Mm-hmm. I bought that car, well before it was in my means to buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did is because following Elon Musk, mm-hmm. at least on what I've been able to gather from any media source, yeah. the way he expresses his ideas, mm-hmm. the the commitment, the buy-in he has on what he's trying to do, knowing right. that he's probably going to fail, mm-hmm. that um, character, yeah. I don't care what he's doing, I, I want to, I wanted to put my money where my mouth is. Wow. It had less to do with global warming and climate change. Uh-huh. It had more to do with that earnest um, effort that I'm seeing someone put into something. Right. And to me, like, you don't see that. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, there's not cameras everywhere. You know, I'm sure there is that. Like, people are like that mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Probably like 15 in this building, you know. But I just wanted to put my resources energy and thoughts into things and ideas and people like that yeah you know what i mean yeah i find myself in that same place as well man. Mm-hmm. and so that's really really cool yeah so I'm, I'm, where I'm, do you where do you see love wave live going what where do you want it to go next with yeah, everything a, everything we're talking about we have to almost be the 
we're the conductors in a way. Yeah. Like we're trying to navigate this thing that people don't even realize we're on a right. boat, right? Yeah. So like, Absolutely. so we have to pave a way yeah. in so many different respects. So yeah. where, what is your goal with your platform? Like, where do you think there's a gap? Um, where do you think there's a blind spot? Where do you want it? To, what do you need people to see next? Yeah, so what's emerging yeah. right now? Uh-huh. And the fun part, man, about where I am today, I don't necessarily have all the answers. Yeah. I just operate out of what the heart is in the moment, like you mentioned. Yeah. And what's happening today is building a platform where there is true conversation like we're having right now. Yeah. Right? And it just, like, moves me to put, like, on a stage, right, someone who is, I mean, even like a... No, a liberal and a far right, you know, I mean, just and let's have a conversation. And and it's not control, but there are definitely some boundaries and guidelines with that. What the notion is that your whole intent before you, you know, speak one thing is to seek to understand. Mm. Right. Not to agree. Yep. And build be that bridge builder. Mm -hmm. You know, here's the bridge. Let's meet on the bridge. When you walk away, you can go back to whatever, you you know. But we don't have those conversations because we're too busy, once again, focusing on the effect, what's happening. So we see it right now with the shootings in El El Paso and Dayton. Right. You know, it's gun control, you know, and then the why behind it. It's like, you know, the guy was in social media, video games, and all those types of things. It's like deeper. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so we keep regurgitating the same conversation over and over and over. So the cause of it all is through millions and millions and millions of cause and effect through that 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 guy's parents, their parents, their parents' parents, yeah. and every situation that came in, he just didn't decide one day I'm going to do this, right? Yeah. yeah. And so when we can all, the answer is ourselves, yeah. right? Right. When we can kind of wake up to that truth, and it's too airy fairy for people, yeah. You know. And yeah. so I, I believe that the Love Wave can be a platform to have those types of conversations. Um, and I was sharing with you before that I, I was thinking about a, a Love Wave Generations type event mm. where there's voices from teens, people yeah. in their 20s, their, you know, et cetera. Yeah. And finding the commonality in terms of it and then the percept, perceived differences, right, and see where there is common ground because that is a snapshot of what healthy relationship could be so my daughters and i for instance we had a conversation the other night what was it about it was there was a lot of differences it was about abortion actually okay so like my teenagers are talking about it and they're having these stands and they were talking about femininity and i'm like i don't remember talking about those (laughs) things right at that age yeah i'm like this generation is just blows me away yeah and then so my two daughters had different opinions about you know this one um issue and then my, my oldest said, well, that's cool. How do you think that way? I, I, you know, I can see that. And then my youngest was like, yeah, I, I see that. I, I, don't, I don't agree, but that was, that's, that's good to hear. And I was like, wow. what is happening right now? Yeah. Right? And it's like, and so I made sure I had to solidify what was happening. Do you guys see what's happening right now? Yeah, yeah. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Healthy conversation. Right. Not I hate you now because you don't think like me. Right. So that's why I, I caught the epiphany. It's like, I don't have to agree with your lifestyle to love you. Right. Yeah. You know? No, and so is that is that a kind of a sneak peek to what we can yes, expect and so, in? Yeah, so the love way would be, and then some experiential activities, right? So mm-hmm. let's, you know, let's get people face to face, right, and really start challenging like belief systems, right, and um, 
do you challenging get- in a way where it's like let's dig a little bit to yeah. find out where that all came from. Oh man. Right. I mean, you know what that reminds me of? I, I just, I was involved in a project just, uh, last week. And by the time this airs, it, it'll be fine to talk about, but like, uh, with the Jubilee project. Yes. And uh, you know, and they have this series middle ground, which mm-hmm. I was, I'm familiar with I that. was so, um, lucky to be a part of. Oh, were you in the middle ground? Were yeah. You? Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it'll be out before this is out. So it'll be fine. But, um, but that's the whole concept, right? You're bringing two opposing sides together and you put it in a format where you realize there's nuances to even what you think is the opposing side. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, that's what I experienced. That's what I expected to experience. I mean, all my work has led me to that type of, uh, dynamic where I know, um, it's not black and white. Right. Absolutely. Nothing is. So, um, so knowing that it it would be fascinating because people, people have this context that if I believe this, then there's no way. Right. The other side has anything to do with this. And that's, that's where love comes in. Yeah. And my, right. From my view. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oof. I mean, I, I hear you. Yeah. I, I see you in it. Not, yeah. not just I see you physically. I see you, mm. you know, for your, how you, you know, where you stand in terms of the, you know, in that situation. Right. I, I actually see you. I understand you. Yeah. Right. And I may still have a different lens that I'm looking at and perspective around that topic. Right. But yeah, I appreciate it now even more those conversations aren't happening. So I do appreciate that work because yeah. it's really cool to see. And it's tough because where do you start? You know what I mean? That's always the hardest question. Yeah. And I feel like a platform is a great way to start. Yeah. You know, so it gets it going yeah, in absolutely. some way. And the more people you get involved in it, yeah. um, the more vested that idea becomes in our social fabric, right. which is what this is all about. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think that's going to be really exciting to see, um, what comes out next. Where, where is your next event going to be? Um, in San Diego where I'm originally from. Okay. Yeah. Taking it home. Taking it home. (laughs) So I have some interested partners who want to align and support, you know, the event. And, um, I have some speakers lined up, have a conversation next week with, um, a potential one Mm. and they all have either, you know, a personal growth outlook mm-hmm. or ones that actually tell their own love story. Okay. You know, um, you know, yeah, they're just really compelling stories and, and how that translated into the work that they're doing to serve the world today. Right. And so, you know, in my podcast, I, that's, that's what interests me the most is that my own life being driven by a question, Yeah. you know, which is what would it mean for me if I looked at life through the lens of love? Yeah. And what is the and, podcast called? Uh, the lens of love. Lens of love. Yeah. Okay. Lens of love. And so I'm, I'm looking to bring people on who are, you know, change makers and, mm. you know, thought leaders mm. and, you know, they're like culture shifters. Yeah. You know, who like yourself, right. Have these conversations and look at possibilities yeah. versus probabilities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, that's what charges me. Yeah. And in terms of the, those who don't understand, it's cool. It's all right. Yeah. You know, I'm not. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I think we need to. I think this also helps us redefine what success looks like. Yeah. Because what we're talking about. 
none of it's going to happen in our lifetime. Nope. It just won't. Absolutely. We're going to, we're going to both Joe die as failures, <laughs> but do it anyway. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like, I feel like human potential is not a, like a destination. It's just a trajectory. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and we just have to propel it to the next. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Man. Pass it on to the yeah. next thing. Right. Yeah. And I think in so many ways, we're both doing that Yeah. in our own. That's the beauty, man, you know? of the, of connection and yeah. that our flavor might be different yeah. and how it's expressed or how it's utilized. Right. But there's alignment. Right. But honestly, terms, right? I could say the river going to yeah, the same ocean. Exactly. <laughs> honestly, if you say yeah. something yeah. and I agree with it and I've said it before too, some people in my audience won't be receptive to it. Mm. And the same thing, I say something, right. your audience won't be receptive to it. Mm-hmm. But if we reverse that and you say it, yeah. then all of a sudden some people on my side will listen. Right. Because as much as we feel like the message should hold its own merit, right. people listen to the messenger. Mm. It's just reality, yeah. you know? And I think that is where like the influence of uh, your sphere of influence, yeah. it all comes into play because I could say something over and over and over again, but yeah. until you say it and you agreed with it anyway, yeah. it just doesn't, you know, it isn't received by that one person that's gonna do that one thing yeah. that's gonna propel this whole, you know, um, effort to the next level. Yeah. You know, so you don't know that what effect that is going to have. Right. So uh, unless we at least put our own version of that out there, mm-hmm. y- you just don't. Y- there, the potential is like, like I said, it's a trajectory. It's not a. Yeah. There's no definition. That's like great. you know like place. That. Yeah. That's so that's the exciting that. part. You, you don't yeah. know. You'll just get a call out of the blue, and then all of a sudden everything changes. Right. You know. Um, Love that. And I really appreciate everything you're doing. You know, especially. You know, I encourage everyone that is listening to this um, to dig deeper into Joe's story. Um, the reason I didn't, you know, Joe, and I apologize, I don't mean, I didn't mean to be rude about it, but I, the reason I didn't dive too much into your past mm-hmm. um, in terms of what brought you to Love Wave Live, yeah. and I didn't really go there, is because you've said it so many times. Yeah, uh, I've, I've been following your work your features on other podcasts, your features on other things so much that um, my intent for our conversation was to people to get an idea of where you're coming from, but let's talk about what are we struggling with? Yeah. Like let's, let's talk about shit that we don't understand. Yeah. Right now. I love it. Because I feel like this is that conversation is going to, create the content and the ideas people need to move it forward. Yeah. Not where we've come from. We figured that out. Absolutely. That That's boring. It's Absolutely. old news. You know, like now, what, what is your challenge? That, that's why I keep asking, what is your challenge with Love Wave Live as a platform? Where do you see it going? Where do you yeah. think it may not go? And um, I feel like the more we kind of dig into our work now, mm-hmm. it gives people a call to action to add on to it. Right. You know, they're not just listening to a story and saying, oh, that was an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. It's like, this is happening right right now, next yeah. month. You know yeah. what I mean? So I, I, that's why I wanted to have more have a conversation about 
this is where we are now. Yeah. This is where we feel like it's going. Right. And this is what we're doing to get there. So if anyone wants to join in, you absolutely. know, give one of us a call. Yeah, right. Absolutely. No, I, I appreciate it and value that. And, yeah. You know, we had a discussion actually, you know, um, about that. And I was feeling that as well in terms of like, I, this story needs to like either shift or, yeah. you know, yes, it's things that happen to me, but it doesn't define me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there will be a, a time where it needs to be told. And it's an important story. Right. But yeah, I, I was feeling that myself. So it was definitely an affirmation of what I was feeling. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. And, and moving it, into that. And I feel like awesome. passion is like, it's not a constant thing. It's a moving target. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sure in your own work, you've become really focused on one thing right? and you just go at it for a while yeah. and then all of a sudden your just attention kind of shifts. Right. And like in you, you want to shift, Yeah. you know, and you just got to let that happen. Right. Because um, you don't know what you can contribute until you just keep doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. I think we're both on to something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you're right. You know, it's just the synchronicities are just crazy. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember how when you, I, you reached out to me about Love Wave. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um, and so you know, and then and then you came and you handed me your book. Yeah. Which I loved, and then you know we kept in touch. Yeah. You know, you never know, right? I, I mean, that was the thing. Like, I was like. He's doing something. Not everyone in this room sees it yet. Yeah. They're halfway. Some people are halfway bought in, halfway not. You're right. But they're here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's step one. Right. And just seeing you do that. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was great to just be present yeah. during that and to witness that because I mean, you were getting ready. You were like all over the place, right? But I was in the crowd, right? right? I was listening to what people were doing, feeling, yeah. saying, right? And there was an energy. And I think that energy comes when you kind of, with intent, bring people together. Yeah. Where most of your work was being done for you and you weren't even there. Oh, yeah. You know what That's I mean? Just, that is crazy. Well, it's... I'm. I have a fundamental belief that when you have, or there's a formula, right? Mm-hmm. Um, intention, yeah, which is your deepest rooted commitment, plus a mechanism equals a result. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so definitely. And many times in those intentions, like you know, I want to put on an event, or yeah. I want to start a business, or what have you. There's always a hundred percent of the time a competing commitment that comes, and it could be, you know, I'm. I'm more committed to being comfortable. <laughs> I'm more committed to being safe. Yeah. And that's an intention as well. And whichever weighs the heaviest is what's what went out. Yeah. So I like to be challenged. And so I set an intention for the event to embody it. And everything came. It was, it was like rough. And I was pretty solo because in my corporate job, you know, yeah. I had a team of project managers. And yeah. I had, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, t- do t- the, expand, unpack yeah. that a little bit in terms of putting the. So just to get an idea and you guys need to if you want to get an idea of the extent of what happened, Love Wave Live, the platform that Joe's developing and talking about, he brought together a host of speakers. Was it like six? There were a lot. There were 12, actually. 12? Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. so it was six and six. I think it was yeah. half, half and yeah. half. And um, he brought them all together here in Phoenix. Um, 
to just talk about specific topics around love. And um, how many, what, what was your turnout? 150. 150, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was a comfortable turnout. Like, yeah. everyone had space, but it was a full packed room. Yeah. And um, it's just, I don't know, it was just, it was fantastic to see to come together. Yeah. And talk, talk to me a little bit about, I, I want to go there because it's one thing to be in corporate, like you were right. alluding to, <laughs> where you've got this behemoth of a machine behind <laughs> you, right? Right. But when you're, uh, let's say, an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. right? When you're start, when you're creating something, and it starts with you. Yeah. And at least from my experience, because I've been self-employed or an entrepreneur since, let's say, two thousand nine. Mm. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Nope. If you don't want to wake up. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to make that call, great. Yeah. You know, like no one's going to tell you what to do. There's no syllabus. (laughs) There's no agenda. Right. Half the things you think of might be important, may not. Exactly. Probably won't. Yeah. It's a dark type of endeavor. Yeah. Going from that type of dynamic. Oh, and by the way, you need to, you know, buy food and have shelter (laughs) and all those things Uh having that kind of dynamic which a lot of entrepreneurs would relate to yeah like true entrepreneurs not like oh this didn't work out i'm going back to a job like just 100 percent committed yeah talk to me a little bit about unpacking the uh how this how you developed it where where did you feel did you ever feel like it's not gonna work scrap it you know, like I did all yeah, those things absolutely. that kind of unpack it a little bit. Sure. You know, yeah. leading to the event. Yeah. yeah. Up, up to the event, I, I I have learned and continue to advocate that there, I call it the universal slap. The universe slaps you in the face yeah. and say, you know, how many people need to tell you something, right? Yep. And um, so that was happening, um, you know, in terms of being a voice. Right. Right. And it was actually through meditation where it came through around, you know, Love Wave, and I was a part of this six-month mastermind group, and we would meet every morning for an hour, hour and a half, mm-hmm. you know, with fifty people across the country. It was amazing, and there was one exercise where we would—it was called Kai Lego—and the two guys who um, kind of formed it, this combination of their names, and the essence of it is seeing our future self, what we see ourselves being and doing, right, being that today. And speaking backwards, like, oh, I remember when I started this event and da 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 da. So, what happened is that we typically do it with the partner, but on this one morning, um, the facilitator, you know, the guy who was heading it up, Kyle Cease, he mm. said, I wanna talk about, you know, let's do it collectively. He goes, so anybody could start and let's just let it flow, right? Mm. So, no one, <laughs> you know, um, volunteered. He goes, Joe, I wanna hear from you. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so I just, you know, took myself off mute and I said, well, you know, what we hear today is there's a blue wave coming. There's a red wave coming. This was November of last year. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 2018. <laughs> yeah. And election time, right? There's a blue yep. wave coming. You know, I said, but this group, we're going to start a love wave. And that's where the term came from. Okay. Right. And then I just so started. So it just coined right there. It was just coined right there. And then yeah. I just started to riff and okay. it came through. Now, that's not when I declared it. So I continued just to you know, listen, because mm-hmm. in meditation, what have you, and 
I remember it was December the 18th mm-hmm. is when it came through. It was like, I'm going to have this event and build a platform for transformational teachers, speakers, healers, right? To share their own story in their own lane, to know that it's in a diverse way that love you know, reaches us and, and touches us and moves us. And I wanted to build that platform. And I'm like, the love wave, you know? So the next morning I get on the call and I declare it. And I said, I'm gonna have an event. And I had no clue, man, how, where. I, and I just write that, said, I'm going to have an event. It's going to be in the May-June time frame of next year because I'm thinking I need at least six months, six to, months to pull this together, right? Um, and I'm just, I just know it's, gonna, it's about understanding the power and the possibilities of love. And so that I made really, really clear. So instantaneously, Kyle, who has a, I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, this yeah. huge. He says, I'm going to be there. I want to speak at your event if you want me. And I'm wow. like, what? And so, so that formula I told you, intention plus mechanism equals results. Yeah. The mechanisms show up. Mm. And the first one was right there. I'm mm. like, oh, my gosh. So he says, I'll support you in whatever way you need. I believe in you and, and in this, this so much, Joe, the love wave, that I'll pay my own dime coming. You don't have to pay me. He goes, and my speaker fee, <laughs> you don't want to know what it is. I'm like, what? And so it was crazy. So wow. it was, remember, it's December the 19th. Yeah. In hindsight, like a week later, I realized, oh shit, it was exactly a year ago that I was let go from my job on December the 19th, 2017. 17? Wow. Where okay. they displaced me. Yeah. And um, so I just love those synchronicities, right? Yeah. Those little thumbprints from the universe. Though. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so from so, December 18th, 2018. Yeah, so really, I took, I kind of just, for the holidays, I didn't do anything. So January 2nd, it was like, I gotta get busy on this. Okay. Within a week, I put down, I went and visited five places. I just took action, man. Mm. And I said, okay, this, you know, was at the, near the, near the airport. I'm like, this is good, price is good. I'm gonna put a deposit down. And so they, they asked how many people. I'm like, oh, hell. you know, so these decisions in the moment where I did not pre-plan, where typically I would have a strategic plan ready to yeah. go, yeah. is a new experience for someone going from corporate to, yep. you know, entrepreneur. Yep. And so I just, I said, 250? <laughs> I don't know. And so it was like, okay, you know, and then she goes, and we could, you know, work with that yeah. based upon how ticket sales are. So then I just began, so I got that secured. And then within a week's time, I had all the other speakers lined up. They would just started to show up in a sense, and and people that I knew. And then I'm like, you would be awesome for that. So I'd ask, yeah, you know, right. And it all just started to come together. Then someone said, hey, I'd love. Do you need help with the website? And you know, so these resources started coming up, right. And but in the midst of it, I was really reluctant to promote it. Why? So, why is that? Yeah, I was my. So here's my entrepreneurship brings yeah. up all your oh, shit yeah. to the yeah. surface, oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These mindsets, these hidden beliefs. Your ego. These, oh my God, yeah. ego. And like all these things that it, entrepreneurship is is absolute personal growth. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, in and, conjunction and, with wanting to grow, you know, your passion, your business, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Etc. So all that was happening simultaneously. And in the midst of it, I didn't have a team. Right. I was like, doing it all so doing like a gazillion things on social media and then like you know yeah and then finally I said I need to ask for help yeah you know so I actually got on our that call I was telling you about and if anyone want to help you know help out so people started one lady donated three thousand dollars worth of you know t-shirts she goes to help this movement whatever sales you got of it do it to you know 
uh, forwarded to the next one. And oh wow, yeah. And then people said, hey, I. So most of them, the volunteers were not from Phoenix. Wow. There was like two. The rest of them were from different parts of the country. You know, so in hindsight, if I was more mindful around the promotional part of it, yeah. probably have a bigger crowd, but it, it was what it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say the keys were making an intention and declaring it. That was the important thing. Was and, taking that and window. Articulating of, it. Articulating to people, it. Right. right. Because it was that window of opportunity. If I didn't do that, I would have talked myself out of it. Yeah. Because, you know, right, life kicks in. It's like, oh, that was stupid. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, and then with that intention every day, and then my spiritual practice at that time, or it still is actually today, is asking, okay, love, who would you have me go talk to you? Where would you have me go? You know, what would you have me say? And also, what would you have me be open to in terms of receiving? Mm-hmm. You know, and then things start to hunt me down. Right. You know? In the midst of it, though, like I mentioned, it was, it was, I struggled, and I actually called Kyle, and I said, was your first event like a shit show? And he just laughed. He didn't even answer my question. He said, why don't we make this the greatest shit show ever? This is going to be a, a flop. <laughs> and so it, it took the edge off of like what I was even thinking. I started laughing. And after I picked myself off the floor, I was like, okay. He goes, yeah, this is going to be a failure. It's amazing. I'm so excited. you know." Yeah. And then he said, yeah. He goes, yeah, this could be a shit show. He goes, did you sell any tickets? And he was like, being like, yeah. I mean, I have like 110 right now. And he said, cool. He goes, yeah. It's probably not at capacity, is it? So he was like, uh, and I just said, he goes, and so what? So he goes, I'm going to give you one word. He goes, it's responsibility. Take the responsibility of having to determine who's going to be there, how they're going to receive it, what people are going to say. Embody what you are um, wanting to be, and that was love, embody love. So that's when I released, man, and surrendered is when things started to, you know, just come into play. Let control, which was hard, because um, that's yeah. what they teach you in corporate America. You're control not from that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in that, it was this resting in it, right? And just, and you know, I, yeah. I mean, I coordinated the music, the slides, I everything, so like, solo, So right? you're, you're building this thing. Yes. You know, from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. You're a website right. designer, and then after lunch, you're a you know. Tra- Told me different you know, hats. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, speak to me about you're putting this together. How do you keep a creative edge mm. through this process? Yeah, because and again, it's there are mechanic. There's the mechanical sure. side of this. Yeah, but then there's the vision side of this. Yeah, to me that was the fun part. Actually, um, I started to, you know, really get in a creative space, mm-hmm. and it was because of stillness. It mm-hmm. really was in terms of your practice, my practice. Okay, but it was, it, you know, it, it started to really kick in when I did release and kind of just allow things to happen and, and surrender. Right. Because vibrationally, I was just in an excited state. Yeah. So I know when I was, you know singing my old sad story it's yeah. hard to have any creative juices flowing at yeah. all yeah so and allowing that flow yeah right it's kind of like um hesitation like stops the rhythm of it all <laughs> you mm. know so i mean i love music right and there's i have some friends who don't have a beat right and it's like when you hesitate yeah it stops the rhythm of things so i i just took you know, I, I, I took the promptings from my heart, you know, so 
it got me into a creative space of, of looking at what I want the experience to be, right? Without like it has to be a certain way. Yeah. And that got really, really fun. And then yeah. in hindsight, I'm like, man, I wish you would have done this. Yeah, and, and which will always happen, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, but on to the next, right? Yes, so, absolutely. you know, you, you touched on something that I, I've come across in my own experience as well. And you said, you know, when I think back to my story, it's very hard to be creative. Mm. Like just the past. Mm-hmm. But when I looked into what I was trying to create, mm-hmm and I, you know, you're in it, Right. it was much easier yeah. and you get into a flow. Right. And from my experience, I feel like there's, there's an idea out there that I've been kind of playing with, which is, you know, physiologically, there's in two states you do your best work, whether you're completely stressed out <laughs> and it's not sustainable, right. but you can really churn out some shit if you need to, right? In a stressed environment. The other is when you're completely in a joyous state. Yes, I I would agree. You know what I mean? And both of them will give you that grit that you need for that creativity that we're looking for. Right. So I've always tried to kind of caution and try to fall into the category and a state of mind of being joyful before I approach anything. Yeah. And I feel like that's always given me a better awareness when I, and more presence yeah. in whatever I'm doing. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. You know, yeah, totally. Uh, like, did you see yourself going through this kind of dynamic as you were putting this together? Yeah. And, and it actually happened in the creative process as well. Mm. Um, there were questions that came up for myself in terms of I always question the motive and intent of why I'm doing it. Right. Am I trying to get something from them or or do I want to give something? Right. And so, and that shifts, you know, what, what, what's being created. Right. Right. And so it was a good notice for me Mm -hmm. and, you know, it it helps me to put the bat away around, you know, around beating yourself up around it and just once again, be aware. Was, was there one big thing that you would, in hindsight, change about the first event? Oof. Um, or maybe two, maybe like maybe a couple of things come to mind, whatever. Yeah, I would I would scale back the speakers. Scale back, okay. Yeah, so okay. There, were, there were a lot of them, even though they were, um, initially I wanted to be like a TED Talk type yeah. format, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, You know, so. But I, you're, you're iterating it, you know? Yeah, you're, you're, I gave them like 18 minutes each. Right. And for 12 speakers to come off like, like clockwork was yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, um, that's why I was so. like, was it six? Because I didn't feel <laughs> like it was 12, right? Yeah. And I was there, yeah. like, you know, so I, it didn't, f- the way it flowed, right. it didn't feel too cumbersome. Yeah. And I had a couple, there were, the cool thing is there were different levels of speakers. People mm-hmm. was their first time. Yep. Others were seasoned. Yep. You know, and the ones that were seasoned were freaking out saying, Joe, you need time for this, this, and this. I'm like, it's all right. <laughs> like, it'll work, yeah. yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, and so afterwards they were like, I can't believe how well it flowed, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so I'm sorry, I forgot your question uh, earlier. Um, um, I mean, we were just talking about coming from a joyous state oh, yes. of mind. Yeah. Or, or in a stressed state of mind. Yeah. And, and being I, ex- able to I experienced both, actually. In that process. Yeah, in that process. Yeah. And um, you're right. I love what you said about the st- stressful part isn't sustainable, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know? And so um, what I would change, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of that is probably scaling that back. But 
I do believe in hindsight that all of it was meant for my understanding yeah. and my my learning. You know well. it. You, like you know it, you're not yeah. you didn't read about it and right. you're guessing this is what works. Right. Yeah. You know, and it helped me to appreciate the team aspect of it because, you know, those that did, you know, eventually show up and mm-hmm. be a part of the team was was a was an important part. You know, I used to have events at my former job. Yep. But like I mentioned, I had a full team, and yeah. I just show up and you know give me an update. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. exactly. You know, and then I'll oh, change this, change this, right? Right. And now when you're in the trenches, you start. I said, man, I didn't get. I mean, I always gave them accolades and appreciated them, but sure. there's a whole new depth of it. Yeah, yeah. That came um, in experiencing this. So other than that, I would mm. say it was supposed to be the way it turned out. Yeah. Um, moving forward, it helped me to see with the possibilities of what what could be created. Did, uh, did you? In, after going through this experience, and I feel like it's, there's been enough time now from that event. Yeah. Did you walk away with something that you truly are like, would not have thought of that? Like completely like, you know, like learn something or took away something that you didn't even expect to take away from it? Uh, or was it kind of around your expectations in general? No, I, uh, I think the biggest thing I walked away with is that I'm capable, mm. you know, of bringing people together, a gathering place, you know, a common place. I mean, yeah. and I, I see that sound throughout my entire career, mm-hmm. but on my quote unquote own in a place where I could speak about the things that I'm passionate about, those things that, you know, tug at my heart, Yeah, you know, I, I can still bring that to the table because I had a lot of doubts, man, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. You know, um, faith and doubt. No, that struggle. Right. Um, well, go go and, into that a little yeah. bit. What 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 was the main thing holding you kind of on edge through this um, process? Yeah, it was totally ego. Right? Ego. Okay. Yeah, totally ego, and like a fear um, of failure or a fear, fear of failure. Turnout. Fear, a turnout. Okay. You know. Um, yeah, what people would say. Mm. I mean, all those things that drive yeah. the ego. Right. right. And you know, um, potential, like, um, yeah, it just wouldn't meet people's expectations. And so that was an ongoing thought that Mm. would come. Yeah, for sure. And so then I didn't want to, I started to overcompensate. So what I did was, and I I see in hindsight, man, that wasn't a smart deal. So for my first event, I mean, it was, it wasn't totally bougie, but I didn't need the curtains in the back and the up lights and, <laughs> right, you know, right. and I had like full on AV and I'm glad I did. Right. You know, but I, that's where it was like, ah, okay. I wanted a great experience. Um, at the same time, ultimately I want people to walk away with something actionable mm-hmm. versus just getting a temporary, like mm, a I feel good. Right? Yeah. Right. And so. Um, moving forward, this is about rolling up your sleeves, mm-hmm. taking what you just heard, applying it to your life, yeah. having something experiential, some physical thing that you do within this Like a tangible event. thing. Yeah, something. Yeah. And then immediately saying, how do I now move when I step out of these doors, right, yeah. to have love impact my life? Right. That's the vision that I have for Love Wave. And then just like a wave, right, yeah, yeah. that goes about, it's a tsunami, man. It's right. like, you know... And who knows? That's why I love Jubilee is that it's yeah. a phenomenal platform right. to illustrate these things. And it's 
So who knows, man? The sky's the limit in yeah. terms of what this could result in. So in its infancy, I think you get the heart of what I yeah. would like to create, and uh, and I'm, I am creating. Right. Um, I'm excited. And it's going to mean different things to different people. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is totally out of your control. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you don't yeah. know where it's going to go. Yeah. You know, you, you this is where you're going, but people are going to take it in so many different yeah. ways. And Absolutely. I think that's, that's the exciting new, yeah. part. I'm going to write a book. I'm totally out of control and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. You know, um, one thing, one idea I wanted to share with you and kind of just talk around. And I think this would help you too, because when you're starting something, when, you know, you have a, you have a fan base of one, mm-hmm. right? When you're in your living room, you're like, all right, tomorrow's day one. Right. Um, you know, I think in society and just the business culture, we have this idea that we have to get out there in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. We need to get thousands and millions of people <laughs> involved. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, and after that, it's going to blow up and it's right. going to become this big thing. Yeah. And, you know, from my experience, you know, we all have our experiences where we get kicked in the nuts and it just doesn't work and over and over you're trying and trying. So like I've come to find that a better approach to building on something where not everyone sees it yet is what I call, and I, and I kind of take from, you know, Seth Godin, which is a, he's a blogger and marketer type person, um, is to find your smallest viable audience. Hmm and work backwards. Yeah. So what would it take to make a thousand true fans of your yeah. idea? Yeah, that's great. They're that. already out there. Yeah. Right. But then it's a little more like, okay, that's doable. Yes. There's gotta be a thousand people out there that have had this hunger like me. Right. And I bet you they're at least in this country. Yes. So I could probably get a hold of them yeah. to start. And then that. that if you if you go with your smallest viable audience and that's all you worry about, the rest will happen. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And and like I feel like turnout is a fear because yes. it's like, oh man, how are they gonna perceive this event yeah. if they see all these empty seats? Right. All these different thoughts are going through your head. Totally. But out of those hundred and fifty people, if twenty people are like, This is it. Mm-hmm dude, you're, you're on your way. Yeah. 20 yeah. out of a thousand, you're on your way. Yeah. Right. And those 20 are going to tell at least one person right. that will also buy in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh man. Uh, yeah. That's so resonant right now. Yeah. Um, someone asked me about the next event. I was, you going to like double the thing. And I said, actually, no, I'm, I, I like to quote unquote scale back. Yeah. Um, make it more intimate. Yeah. You know, so people can't hide. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it has nothing to do with the right. number. And, yeah, and as much as I mean, as much as there, there's a capacity aspect of it. Like mm-hmm. you know, you need to be able to at least have it sustain itself. Sure. You know, I mean, you're renting yeah. space, you're doing all this stuff. Right. People need to get paid for helping in some way, right? Yeah. But um. But having that mentality, especially as a founder, mm-hmm. I think is very powerful. And I think that's where, I think that's where you'll have the perseverance right. to go through the time where no one cares, yeah, because no one knows, yeah, 
like and that's m- m- the main goal that's that's right. like the main punchline no one knows like, I mean, you feel like you've been yelling at for like a, you know, almost a year straight, right? Right. But literally in the aggregate, no one's ever heard of this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you expect them to do? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely right. So I think it's, I think it's exciting. Yeah. Because it just shows you how much potential there is. Yeah. You know? That's big. So. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. And that is extremely helpful um, for me. Yeah. You know, no, and I'm excited to be alongside with you, you know. Yeah. We're both going at it, you know. Um are there any other ideas or thoughts that came up that you Well, there's um when I started this work, there are three specific causes mm-hmm. that really you know, um like, you know, I, that break opened my heart. I okay. Mean, you know, that's when I know I was like, okay, this is a part of my work. And, um, one of them of course is the empowerment of children, mm. you know? So back when I, I was in ministry in church, okay. um, uh, you know, sometime back and my, my ex-wife and I were, um, part of children's church. Okay. So this was an inner city church and we just loved up on these kids and they're just beautiful kids. And, in fact, one of those kids, when he was seven or eight, mm-hmm. he's like 30-something now. He came to Love Wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was really cool. Uh, so um, just a little closer. Yeah, he, it, he was really cool to see him and what he's evolved to do. And so those types of things are important to me. And I'm not sure how that manifests or what exactly that is. Maybe it's supporting a cause. Okay. Um, but that's one. The second one is healing the inner child and adults. Because right. I found in my mentoring and coaching work, a hundred percent of the clients I've come through, it is tied to that, right? Um, is there little Joe yeah. wanting some attention or some love or that type of thing? Yeah. And typically people don't want to go down that path. They don't right. come to me and say, I want to work on my inner child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when and you, so, when you yeah. think about it, yeah. we're all just grown children. Yes, absolutely. Like literally we yes. are. You get us in a room yeah. and just give us a minute to right. just stop like get out of the noise yeah and everything we talk about is just right what grown children would talk about yeah you know what i mean right exactly <laughs> you're right exactly it's, the third thing is abolishing homelessness wow and oh, so okay so these three kind of a trifecta like a, i see it as the triangle whether love wave is a conduit to organizations that support that work mm. or it evolves into some work uh, of mine um, you know starting something I don't I don't know mm. but those three continue to come to the surface time and time again unpack that um, homelessness to me why yeah. wh- what brings you to that yeah it's a great question um, and one of the speakers at love wave asked me that same question okay and I said you know I don't know I every, I've always befriended people who or homeless. I don't know. My family always thought I was crazy. And as she started to ask questions and understanding my own story, she goes, ah, I get it, Joe. She goes, you know, have you ever heard the term, you know, returning home? Mm. I said, I have. She goes, you know, where home is, right? And she, I said, I think. And she said, it, it's your heart. It's yourself, you know. And based upon your story, I don't think you ever thought you can come home to yourself. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> it's like, that's crazy. Yeah. And so these people who are, you know, lost and, you know, who everybody has a different story. And as I have spoken to them, yeah, 
it just moves me many times. And some of the the, the smartest, most mm. wisest people. Right. And they're human. So it, it is about serving them, mm. right? And so there's a organization in Hollywood called the Giving Keys. Mm. It excites me so much, and and I purchased them. But they basically have keys that have a word that you select. So oh. they're embossed on it. And you purchase it, and the proceeds go to helping homeless come off and putting them back in the workforce. And so they have celebrations when people go through their program. Right. And you see the before and after, and man, each time I'm just like, that blows me away. Right. So restoring people. That's it. Yeah, it's all yeah. embedded in, and all that is a love trifecta right there. So those are the, that's, that's it. And so I'm just continuing to think about how does that, um, equate to the work and I'm I'm not racking my brain about it because yeah. I know that because I have a strong intention about it it's a general guideline yes you know what I mean Absolutely. like yeah no and that's what that's all you need yeah you know man that's yeah. powerful you know that's interesting um, I'll recommend this podcast to you um, do you know Malcolm Gladwell yes he's part of a podcast he does his own revisionist history but he's part of another podcast where he's one of the reporters for it mm-hmm. and right. an episode that he did this is so nuanced but it's so crazy that you <laughs> no, noticed homelessness uh-huh. he deep dives into homelessness uh-huh. and it, this just happened like a month ago really and it's crazy how and, I, and I'll, I'll find the podcast it is um, it's crazy how even though in society and in politics, you don't see it. But the more social scientists study all the epidemics we're dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, like mental instability, health, X, Y, Z. Right. Like, every all the data is suggesting, and I'm kind of like half-assing these statistics, but they're kind of, cl- they should be close, that like almost like 80%, like a lion's share of the shit we're dealing with mm-hmm. that we don't like all comes down to homelessness wow and you know whether not having a stable living environment right is the precursor and core cause of everything else uh instability in the family uh domestic violence um health um you know all those things they're all so like counterintuitively you wouldn't think well is homeless the core cause of it? But there's a lot of data suggesting that that's, that's fascinating. That might be it. That is fascinating. You know, we're trying to put band-aids everywhere. Yeah. But if we just worked on this, yeah. and it's so crazy that you mentioned that as like something that is resonating with you yeah, to work totally. for, yeah. man, that, I, that, if you don't mind, I wanted to share. Yeah. You know, so I live in Southeast Gilbert. Okay. You know, yeah. So like, I don't see any homeless folks there. Right. And so yeah, I'm driving to pick up some medication at Walgreens and sure enough, yeah. there's a homeless guy. Right. He has a cart and it is the most beautifully immac- immaculate cart. And I'm like, wow, he's organized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I pull up and this is before I sold my infinity, but I drive up in my car and I look at my wallet, I, I park and I'm like, okay, I have 30 bucks. So I get out of my car and I, I love to talk to him. I don't know why. Yeah. So I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, how are you? I said, my name is Joe. And his name was Ed. And so I said, so, dumb question. I'm like, so are you on the streets? <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. he just nods and says, like, yeah. And I said, oh, I said, do you like want to like, find a shelter or anything? And he says, oh, I don't like the shelters. I really like being on my own. And, you know, I make my own rules and everything. And so 
I'm thinking, I said, so do you need anything? And he said, no, I'm good. And I was just shocked. I'm going, you don't need anything? And I looked in his cart and, you know, like I mentioned, it was immaculate. It was so well, you know, um, like taken care of. Mm. And so we just started to have a conversation. So like 10, 15 minutes later, you know, he knew I was from San Diego. We started talking about the Chargers and he even knew the mayor. And it was a fa- it was a fun conversation. And I thought, I felt awkward giving him money now. <laughs> So I just walked away and I said, well, it was a pleasure meeting you, thank you, you know? And so I get in my car and I'm thinking, well, am I supposed to give him money or what? So I, I turn around and I leave and I drive up to him and I handed him 20 bucks. He, he grabbed it, he didn't say thank you. And the ego was like, oh my gosh, she's, that was rude. And then, you know, he kept on going on and I drove away, I'm going, what's that all about? And I thought, oh my gosh, here I am driving. I'm up here. This guy's down here. I'm going to save his day and give him 30 bucks and enlighten him with my knowledge. And that totally was a setup for me to see that I'm exactly like him. It's just, you know, and it's like, he's more free than I am. (laughs) And so it was like, I was thanking God. I was like, thank you for that. Yeah. I'm going to take these $10 and go get an In-N-Out burger now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. No, oh, man. So, yeah. Like, people don't understand the power. You don't have... It's the expectation you have when you're giving. That's not mm. giving. Yeah, like, yeah. And that pisses me off. Absolutely. You know, like, I mean, like, to me. internally, yeah. you know, like, if you're expecting some kind of reaction, response, totally. or something, you're mm. not giving. That's yeah. an extreme... That's a trade totally. of something. Absolutely. Right. And you don't know where he is. I don't. And and there's a human dignity and having the ability to give someone that. Yeah. Or restore that. Yeah. And not say a word about it. Right. Yeah. That is so powerful. Yeah. You know? Um like I'm like I feel I'm glad you turned around and did that yeah. because it takes a lot to have the courage to stay silent in his situation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Like just imagine the battle he's going through in his mind thinking, yeah. man, that $30 would, holy shit, that would get me through midnight. Yeah. And, but, you know, everything he's battling inside about where he is, why he's there, all that, man. And and I appreciate what you're saying about um, attached giving, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that exchange and and believing I'm doing this for a good cause, which it still is, and it still will aid him. But just the realization of, yeah, I wanted something from that myself. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's in conflict sometimes, especially in what we're doing yeah. as entrepreneurs. Right. We're creating, we have to create this and the mechanism being a business where it can sustain itself in yeah. some way. Um, you know, I've always gotten uh, getting into this field of helping people or advising people. A lot of my, not colleagues, I mean, I, they're not my colleagues, but my co-peers, you know, I've always like, there's so many times where I get a lot of shit and people are like, why are you just giving away all this info? Like you can charge good money for this shit. Yeah. You know, um, why do you spend like a couple hours and not, 
you know, like you could, you could actually make some good money on the side doing this. Right. And the more I've, I feel like to have an impact on anything, it has to do with your character mm-hmm. and not what you're doing in that very moment. Oh. And I feel like I'll have another great idea. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make something off that. Yeah. But this one I want to share and this can help these people. Yeah. It has nothing to do with, and at that, and yeah, I get it. There's a money aspect to it. There's a business aspect to it. Like I got to pay my own bills too and everything. Right. So I have to be sensible about it. But at the same time, I am not my ideas. Right. That's good. You know, Yeah. if people endorse me, if people endorse your idea, your, your vision, they're endorsing your ability to navigate. Hmm not what you're doing right now. Right. And when you get that endorsement, that's a true fan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's big. And I feel like that's, I think that's what we're going for. Yeah. And um, what, what's a greater gift than that? Here's, here's one thing I wanted to kind of get your take on, but how does love play into politics for you? Um, you know, cause it, politics is everywhere. You know, in terms of um, just in the conversation and some people try to avoid it, but it's a there's a reflection there. And have you seen a clash? Have you seen it help? Like how, you know, Uh, well, it's funny because that came up because of um, what's her name? Marianne Williamson. Okay, yeah. During a debate, she said basically love is going to help Trump or what have you. And tons of memes (laughs) came out of it. And I thought about what does love play in politics? And so I would answer that with a question. Okay. How does hate play into politics? Mm. Right? And hate is what, you know, the Taliban and all the, you know, terrorism and Mm -hmm. even looking at going back to Hitler and, you know, all those things is around hate and so I think love is so uncomfortable in that setting right and if we break down what that means Mm. that there is a role in it because we all have that fundamental you know need and want and deserving of it and like I mentioned this is the love that I described previously you know which is around seeing through color seeing through economic class seeing through you know, culture and all those types of things. Yeah. Um, more around humanity, you know, because if you think about where love has come up in politics, you look at MLK, mm. right? And the, just the grassroots, like civil, you know, movement that was embedded in love. Mm. And look what's happening. I mean, you know, so the heightened awareness and, and people being pulled towards that. I don't feel that in today's politics. Mm. So I do think there's a place in it. I'm not saying I'm the part of it, but yeah, yeah. it was, it was, when that came up, when she said that, like on a on a on a stage, I'm like, oh, she's gonna get a lot of laughs. Yeah. But it's when the the, the ridicule comes strong, I'm already programmed to say, ooh, she's speaking truth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Because yeah. the masses will say, that's ridiculous, yeah. you snowflake. Yeah. And she's like, this is truth. Right. Right. So that's how I think how that you know comes to play and what that looks like. Do, I'm not sure. Do you, I, do you yeah. think that's gonna be more of? Because I feel like we need liaisons. Mm-hmm. that understand this type of work that we're yeah. in, but also know how to translate that into 
like like almost like what your next platform is going to do translate mm-hmm. into pragmatic yeah. type steps right tangibles that people can take away from and see in their real life yeah. right now right right and i feel like we need more liaisons like polymaths people that understand these things and are able to articulate it and crosswalk it from a you know like a stage platform to politics right right and i don't know maybe through your through your events you're going to start creating people that feel compelled to participate in the process in that way but and and that's the reason why i decided on lens of love Mm -hmm. you know i think you mean you know that i went through eight eye surgeries and lost, lost my vision in my left eye. Right. And the, you know, my ophthalmologist can, I mean, continually used to say, take care of your working eye. Yeah. He goes, and everything will find its way there. In other words, you know, if you're walking, a pebble is going to find it. Yeah. You know, so wear protective glasses. Yeah. You know, he goes, yeah. don't wear contacts. Right. And, you know, just being mindful, right? Right. And, and careful about that. And I thought, what would happen if, so I closed my eyes and I was listening to a program and I said, what would, if I was blind, how could I understand what was happening on this TV screen? Mm. And I could feel the emotion within a conversation that was happening. And it was a talk show. And so I was thinking, wow, that's what love is, right? In terms of just like, without that external lens that we have grown to judge things by, right? Love doesn't see any of that. It's fully accepting, fully embracing, fully encouraging, you know, and it, it, that's, the lens that's powerful that will transform right relationship conversations you know bigotry mm-hmm. all those types of things so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know the possibilities are there and as you pose that question and give me a peek of what could be yeah i'm totally open to that yeah yeah yeah, yeah that'll be interesting to see yeah because i think we don't know how it's gonna express itself Yes. In that in that arena. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So no, that's that's great. Uh, thank you for that answer. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode made you think and you wish to reach out with a comment or a question, record your voice and send us the file at socialfabricpodcast at gmail.com or record yourself on my website. I'll provide the links in the show notes below. Be sure to follow this podcast on Facebook and Twitter and also join the exclusive Social Fabric Facebook group and engage with other listeners from around the world. Until the next one, be well.